We are in a series called The Blessed Life by Robert Morris, and uh, if you haven't read his book, I recommend it. Uh, great book. I'm reading it right now. And a uh, great way to lead your life is to be blessed and, and have God bless your life. And um, so take advantage of that. And uh, pastor is over at Jefferson this morning. He, he preached in the first service. And um, so that's why I'm here. And we kind of switched this morning. My message this morning is called, What Test? What Test? I wasn't the greatest in school. And ever have one of those days when you walk into the classroom and you see your classmates, they got their books open and, and they're studying some papers and everything. And one of them looks over at you and says, hey, are you ready for the test? And you say, what test? You caught on. <laughs> I go, oops, forgot that one. I remember when I was in the 10th grade, the um, counselor, the school counselor called myself and uh, my mom to come into uh, school, into his office. And I'll never forget this. And I, th I thought it was odd. And he said, listen, he goes, you have perfect attendance. This is about two-thirds of the way through the year. He goes, you have perfect attendance. You've not missed one day. He goes, but your, aids are, your, your grades are just average. Why? I said, you know, I don't mind coming to school here. I just don't like the studying and the test. <laughs> I said, if you can get rid of those two things, man, this would be a great place. He looked back at me. He goes, I really think you're being honest about this, aren't you? And I said, I really am. I don't mind coming here. I just don't like doing those two things. We don't like tests at times, but we got to take them. So let me ask you a question. How many of you get paid once a month? Raise your hand. Just raise your hand where you are. Get paid once a month. How many get paid every two weeks or twice a month? Raise your hand. Wow, a lot of you. How many of you get paid once a week? Raise your hand. How many of you don't get paid at all? Raise your hand. Okay, we'll pray for you. I'll <laughs> pray for you. <laughs> Whenever you get paid, you're going to worship one way or another. And uh, it's either that you're going to worship God with what he has given unto you, or you're going to worship, can I say, visa or whatever it happens to be that you pay first. God wants us to give unto him. God wants us to worship him first. And whenever we get paid, that's what we should do. We give back unto him. It's called tithe. Now, this message is not to condemn. Hopefully, this message is to encourage you to find the joy of giving to find the joy of giving. And if you'll turn in your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3, whether you have it on your iPhone or you can look in your iPad or you can just use your eyelids and read the screen today. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 says, For I, the Lord, do not change. And that is true about God. He does not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. For the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes. Now, statutes are the ordinances. They're the, the commands. They're the ordinary things that God has asked us to do that we can find in his word or maybe that he has spoken to you individually. He goes, you have turned away from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. This is God speaking. But you say, how shall we return? Will you rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithe and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. 
for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And the storehouse, as we know it, is the church where we bring our tithe. So that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Remember, this is God speaking. And this is the only time, and I'll talk about this in just a few minutes. This is the only time when God speaks to us and says, test me in this. Test me in this. If I test me in this, uh, says Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Do you want that kind of blessing? That it just overflows? That it just keeps coming? Ask what kind of life I want to have. Then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be, delight, be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Does he say it enough? Says the Lord of hosts. This was not man speaking. This was God speaking to man. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the next few minutes that you would just help me to share this message. Father, to help them to receive. Father, to understand that you want us to be good givers. To have that a part of our life. That we would minister and worship back unto you. We give you praise and we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this scripture I read, it says that God doesn't change. We can also see that he has given us ordinances, commandments called statutes. And he says, I think it's about five or six times, he says, says the Lord of hosts. He is saying this, not man. He says, because you have gone away from God's ordinances, you are under a curse. And if you keep the tithe, you're stealing. God says that you have stolen from me and put it and puts you under a curse. Now, I'll be honest with you. This is one of the things I do, and you can ask the ladies in the financial office, that if, I, if I'm walking around this building or a campus over on Jefferson Street, and I find money, I pick it up and I take it into the financial office because it's in God's house or on God's property. I don't want to steal from God. Now, I've told people, if I find, you know, money in your driveway, I'm going to pick it up and put it in my pocket. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just the way that I am. And so are you, and you know it. <clears throat> but I'm not going to steal from God. I'm not going to steal from God. My wife and I, it was uh, back in, before Christmas, I think we were out at the mall, and, uh, and uh, we had just come out of the mall and uh, going to our car. It was at night, and it was dark. And I looked down as I'm walking. I found $10 in the parking lot. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you for those amens. And uh, so I said, hey, you want to go get something to eat? I got $10. So we went to Sam's because I know that I wasn't going to spend all of my $10 at Sam's for the two of us to eat a piece of pizza or a hot dog. So we went, God blessed. God blessed. I did use that one. So number one, tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. God is testing our hearts. God is testing our hearts. Tithe is a Hebrew word, and it means a tenth part. A tenth part. God gave his son for you. 
And yet sometimes we struggle to give back unto God. And here's the thing about tithing, which is, which is really interesting. As I was kind of studying for this, I, really, I guess I really hadn't thought about this. Asking for 10%. So it doesn't make any difference if you make a million dollars, if you make $10,000, or you make $100,000. God is just asking us to give 10%. It's, you know, if you, if you pay taxes and if you make, you know, a lot, a lot of money, you pay more taxes than those who make very little money. Our government isn't balanced in that. God is balanced. It's only asking you to give 10%, and I think that that's fair. I think that that's fair. So we're going to take a test here this morning, and I want you to shout out the answers to these questions that I have because 10 is an important number in the Bible. Numbers are important if you read the Bible, and certain ones are. And 10, so many times, is associated with testing. So just shout out the, the answers to these questions. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Okay, let's try that again. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Ten. Ten. You got it. Uh, how many commandments are there? Ten. You're catching on. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? See, some of you kind of, I'm not sure. <laughs> some of you already know. The answer is 10. How many times uh, were Jacob's wages changed? 10. How many days did Daniel get tested? Come on, you're kind of losing it here. How many virgins were tested in Matthew chapter 25? How many days of testing are mentioned in the book of Revelation? How many disciples were there? No. <laughs> Some of you went to 12. There were 12 disciples. So, 12 disciples. It's a test. It's also a two-way test. God says, test me in it. But he's also kind of testing us to see if we're going to be faithful to him. To see if we're going to be faithful to him. God is saying, test me. It's the only time that we see in the Bible that he says, test me. In other words, what, what's a test? In other words, he's saying, do this and see if I don't do what I've told you that I will do. Do this and, don't see, and see if I don't do what I've told you I'm going to do. It's a promise. God says that, you know, if you do this, I will do that. We've done that. We've all made promises. Make promises with our children. If you clean up your room, I'll give you a dollar. Right? You know, if you do this, I will do that. And the same thing with God. He says, test me. Try and see if this doesn't work for you. In the Old Testament, we can see that it's written. Some people, though, say, listen, that's an Old Testament concept. That's under the law. That, you know, we don't live under law anymore, and, and uh, that's an Old Testament thing. But let me ask you, the principles uh, of the law, we still live under. The Bible tells us that thou shalt not commit adultery, which means that we shouldn't commit adultery, and we still practice that today. Thou shalt not steal. Now, I don't steal. I don't steal. Thou shalt not murder. Do you still live by that one? Yes. We still do. Yeah, some people are trying some to live by that one. But we still live under the law. And so we can find that tithing is a test. 
It's a test. And each and every week we are tested. Number two, tithing is biblical. I have lots of scripture. We'll go through these together. In Genesis chapter 14, it says, Then after his return from the defeat of the Chedorlaomer, and the kings who were with him, the king of Solomon went out to meet him at the valley of Sheva, that is the king's valley, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. It was a type of communion that represents uh, communion. Now, he was a priest of the God Most High. He blessed him and he said, Blessed be Abram, Abraham as we know him, of the God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Abraham, he gave him a tenth of all. Gave him a tenth of all. Now this is a great story, and if you don't know about Melchizedek, some of those who have studied this believe that Melchizedek was Christ. Because it says that he had no beginning, no end, there is no genealogy on Melchizedek. We don't find anything about him. But it does say those things about him in the Bible. I'll read another scripture a little bit later that talks about that. And that when Abraham, Abram, came up to him, that after he had won, that he gave 10% of what he had to Melchizedek, the priest, the priest. And so we, we see this. This was written 500 years before the law was given. 500 years before the law. So tithing starts before the law. Genesis chapter 28. So Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put under his head and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on its top. He called the name of the place Bethel. However, previously the name of the city had been called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me on this journey and I that I take, I will give and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, and I return to my father's house in safety, then the Lord will be my God. This stone, which I have set up as a pillar, will be God's house. God's house, remember that, the church as we call it today. And all that I and all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you, to the house of God. Now this took place about four hundred years before Moses received the law. In Leviticus, we see, Nevertheless, anything which a man sets apart to the Lord out of all that he has, of man or animal or the fields of his property, shall not be sold or redeemed. Anything devoted to destruction is the most, is the most holy to the Lord. No one who has been set apart among men shall be ransomed. He shall surely be put to death. Thus all the tithe of the land of seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy and is to the Lord. Everything belongs to God. And really, everything that you own, everything that you have is God's. He's given it unto you. Because He can take it away just like that. We have tsunamis, we have earthquakes, we have uh, hurricanes that will go in it and just wipe everything out. You've heard people say it on the TV, on the news. Everything that we have is gone. Everything that we have is gone. It can happen just like that. You can have a fire in your house and watch everything go up in just a few minutes. Everything can be taken away. So we need to hold on to the things that we have very loosely. 
very loosely. <clears throat> but give unto God what belongs unto God. In Deuteronomy chapter 26, Then it shall be, when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance, and you possess it and live in it, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you bring from your land that the Lord your God gives you, and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to establish his name. That's the church, the storehouse. You shall go to the priest who is in the office at the time and say to him, I declare to you this day to the Lord that my God that I have entered the land which the Lord has sworn to our fathers to give to us. And then you skip down to verse 13 through 15. You shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the sacred portions from my house and also have given it to the Levites and to the alien, to the orphan, to the widow according to all the commandments which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed or forgotten any of your commandments. I have not eaten of it while mourning, nor have I removed any of it while I was unclean, nor offered any of it to the dead. He's talking about the times when we struggle. Because each and every one of us will go through a time when we struggle with our finances. You'll have a bump in the road or there'll be an unexpected bill or there's some times when we might lose our job and we go through a time when we worry about our money. Kim and I have gone through this from time to time when we used to pastor down in Columbia. Um, we didn't make very much money. And um, it seemed like every December though, Christmas time, remember that month? that we would have a huge bill that would come in. We'd have to buy tires for the car. We'd have to fix the car. There would be some appliance that would go out, whatever it happened to be. So it got to be November, and we'd say, okay, what's going to happen next month? We don't have the money, but what's going to happen? And it, this went on for years. It would, I mean, every December. But God took care of us. God took care of the need. And it wasn't that we said, okay, we, we can't tithe this time because we need to put new tires on the car. We didn't say, you know, we're not going to tithe because we need to buy a new refrigerator. We kept tithing, and God took care of it. Now, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember the time when I first started to tithe. I don't have one of those aha moments that, oh, you know, light came on, and I fell to the ground, and God spoke to me, and I was blind for three days, and a man came, and, you know... Some of you are going to catch that. Some of it will come out later. <clears throat> and he said, tithe. No, I've just done it for years. I've just done it for years. And one of the things that is a great blessing to me and those who work at Calvary is that I have it taken out of my check before I even get my check. They asked me when I first came on, they said, do you want to do this? And I, it took me back. I've never, I've never had that opportunity. I thought, you really can do that? And they said, yes. And I said, well, why not? Take it out of my check before I get it. And then, it, you know, it's done. Now, some people, I've had some people come, you need to write the check. You need, it needs to go from your hand. To, Listen, I am tithing to the church, and I'm being obedient to God. Now, my wife, she does, because she, she writes out her check, and, and uh, we put that in, and there are other times when we give offerings, we write out a check. But for some of us on staff, we have it taken out. It's already done. And, and I do that with my missions and other things in the, in the church. And it's, it's a blessing to me. But I want you to give. 
And, and one of the things that I have seen is there's a lot of people who give online. I don't know who gives in this church. I don't, I don't look over those records or anything like that. I do see the finances, and I see what comes in um, electronically. It's amazing. God bless you for giving online. That is scary stuff. <laughs> that, to push a button, psh, your money, there it is. Mine doesn't leave the building. They just take it out of my check and it right there. <clears throat> yes. Verse 14, I have not eaten while mourning. He is saying, don't take from your tithe when you're going through a situation, nor have I removed it while I was unclean, nor offered it to the dead. I have listened to the voice of the Lord my God. I have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look down from your holy habitation, from heaven, and bless your people Israel and the ground from which you have given us, a land flowing with milk and honey as you swore to your fathers, as you have swore to our fathers. God wants to bless us. And that's when we give unto him. When you do anything for him, God will bless there's times when I go to the hospital, and I'll be honest with you, because I'm human, and hopefully you'll understand. There's times when I'm like, oh man, I've got to go to the hospital. And it's just I'm tired, and you know, it's at the end of the day or whatever, and I, I haven't gone, and I'm like, uh, you know, I just, everybody feels that way. You're like, oh, I've got to go. do it. And whenever I walk into the hospital, and I go and I see those people, and I walk out, I'm always more blessed. And there's times when I'm like, well, 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 what just happened? I mean, I went in to bless them, to pray with them, to cheer them up or, you know, say some few words or spend some time with them. And I walk out of there like I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, what in the world just happened there? It's because I was giving unto God. Because I was giving unto God. And there's sometimes, even when I have gone in and the situation is very grim, I've walked out of there being blessed. And feeling that God has touched my life because I've been obedient to him. Let me ask you a couple questions. If Jesus himself said you ought to tithe, would you tithe? The one who bled and died on the cross for us? If Jesus said in the New Testament, if he said it in red letters, would you tithe? Would you tithe? Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. Jesus is saying, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things that you should have done without neglecting the others. In other words, he's saying, Listen, you, you tithe on the spices that you put on your table. You tithe on that. But you have forgotten justice and mercy and faithfulness. He says, remember those things. Those are the weightier things, but do not forget to tithe. That's what Jesus said. That's what the last part of that says there. He says, but these things, but these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. Without neglecting the others. They paid their tithe for the spices, but neglected the spiritual things, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. 
And he's saying, listen, you need to do both of these. And I will tell you, and I'll talk about it in just a few minutes, that tithing is a spiritual act. It is a spiritual act. and need to remember that. Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. It says, we see the story here of Melchizedek, again, of how he falls into this place of being blessed by Abraham. Now, it says, now observe how great this man was whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of his choicest spoils. The first of it. God doesn't want the last part. He wants the first. The choicest of the spoils. And those indeed of the sons of, e of Levi who received the priest office have commandment in the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brethren, although these are the descendants of from Abraham. But the ones whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth from Abraham. Here's Melchizedek. It says they don't know what his genealogy was. They don't know where he came from, don't know how he started, anything like that. And the last part, and blessed the one who had the promises. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. He's a type of Christ. He's a type of Jesus. And like I said, some believe that he actually was Christ at that point. Point number three, my last point in Second Chronicles verse 31, or chapter 31. He also appointed the king's portion of his goods for the burnt offerings. Namely, the morning and the evening burnt offerings and the burnt offerings for the Sabbath and for the new moons and for the fixed festivals as it is written, as it is written in the law of the Lord. And what was happening is Israel was struggling at this time. They were just having some problems, and so he's kind of talking about it here. Verse 4, also he commanded the people who lived in Jerusalem to give a portion due to the priest and to the Levites that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. As soon as the order spread, the sons of Israel provided the abundance of the first fruits of grain, new wine, oil, honey, and all of the produce of the field that they had brought in abundantly the tithe of all. So what happened is that they sent a commandment out and they said, listen, we want you to, to give 10% of your fields, of your, the fruit of the trees, of whatever, the oil, all this, bring it to the priests and the Levites. We want to give a tenth. So Israel starts to do that. Then the sons of Israel... And Judah, who lived in the cities of Judah, also brought in a tithe of the oxen and the sheep and a tithe of the sacred gifts, which were consecrated to the Lord, their God. And they placed them in heaps. So not only the field, but also of their animals, they gave a tenth of the choicest ones. And they then started putting these things in heaps, in mounds. It says, in the third month, which is a harvest month, they began to make the heaps and finish them by the seventh month, which is also a month of harvest. When Hezekiah and the rulers came, now these were two others who came, these other group of men who came, when Hezekiah and the rulers came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord, they gave praise unto God, the God of Israel. Then Hezekiah questioned the priest and the Levites concerning the heaps. They were saying, we see these heaps as we've come into town. Tell us about these heaps. Why do you have so much food? Why is there so many animals? Why is all this out here? Azariah, the chief priest of the house of Zadok, 
said to him, Since the contributions began to be brought into the house of the Lord, as we know at church, we have had enough to eat with plenty left over, for the Lord has blessed his people, and this greatly quantified, and this great quantity is left over. In other words, they were able to then take care of the needs that they had with the things of God. But Hezekiah and those were like, well, what about the people? You have these great heaps running around, but what about them? And the priest said, but go to their houses and you'll see that they will have also great heaps because God has blessed them. Wow, what a great story. So let me ask a question. Would you ever go to a restaurant and eat a meal and not pay for it? Some Christians do that every week. They come into the church and they partake, and yet there's nothing given. I hear so many times there's two things that will, when people either tithe or don't tithe, and those who don't tithe, I hear this a lot. I can't afford to tithe. And our response so many times is, you know, I, you know, you can't afford not to tithe. We need a little bit better response than that. If somebody's not tithing and they come to us and say, well, you can't afford not to tithe. That's like, you know, your kid coming to you and say, well, why should I do this? Because. Because what? Want a little bit more. Tithing is a test. Tithing is something that God has commanded us to do, and there is great blessing in tithing. And there's great blessing in tithing. Now, I'm not saying that if you give money and that you should have the heart in the mind that says, okay, I'm going to give money to God so that I get a lot of money back. That's not the way that it works. Years ago, when I was pastoring down in Columbia, I really prayed about it, and I said, God, why should we, why should we tithe? I was going to be speaking on tithing. And in that church, about 90% of the people tithe, which was unusual. I only taught on tithing once a year. And I really like, why, do I, why am I preaching on this once a year? It's because the people tithe. Most of the people in that church tithe. They understood the blessing of that. And so I, I was praying about this one day, and God spoke to me and gave me three reasons why we should tithe. And if you've been here on Wednesday nights or other times when I've received offerings, I say this a lot. Number one, to be obedient to God. To be obedient to God. And that is the number one reason. Number two is to uh, bless or to uh, meet the needs of the church. You know, we're sitting here and it's really nice. We have a little bit of rain coming and aren't you glad we have a roof, have lights, air conditioning, have a nice comfortable seat to sit on? Yeah, we need to. And, and then the ministry that we do, for those this afternoon, Rock the Park, we didn't get these hot dogs free because we don't believe in stealing, right? <laughs> I know Tom. He won't steal those hot dogs. And we also go and do ministry. We, we help missionaries around the world because of our giving. And we take care of the needs in our own community. And then number three is for the blessing that comes. And God spoke to me. He said it has to be in that, in that order. To be obedient, to meet the needs of the church, and for the blessing that comes back. For the blessing that comes back. And then there's those who do tithe that will tell you that God has blessed and God has met the need. 
Now, I'll be honest, there's times when Kim and I, we do, you know, every once in a while struggle that, you know, there's just not enough check at the end of the week that, you know, we're like, if we could just have a little bit more money. I, 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 would, I would be overjoyed if somebody knocked on my door and they, from Publishers Clearinghouse, and they had one of those big checks for $2,000 a week the rest of your life. Yes. Bring it. 3401 Elderberry Lane, Springfield, Illinois. Do you have any influence? Have people every once in a while say, should I tithe if I win the lottery? I said, yes. I have no problems in you tithing on what God has given unto you or what the devil has given unto you, whatever you want. <laughs> I've never played the lottery. I always tell people that, listen, you give me that dollar and next week I'll give you what the lottery is going to give you. Nothing! But at least I'll be blessed because I have a dollar. you got to play to win. Tithing is a spiritual battle that takes place. It is a spiritual battle. The thing is, is it, it comes in, in the flesh on Sunday mornings when we pull out our wallets and we or write our checks or whatever we've done. That's the physical part. The spiritual part takes place right here. Are you being obedient to God? Are you being obedient to God? And it is a struggle at times. I, I know when I, I get our, our tax return and, and I see how much we have given in tithe and, and offerings and to missions to the church, I think, wow, I could do something with that. And the thing is, exactly, I already have. I gave it to God to minister and help win souls to the lost and make disciples. So let me close with an, an illustration if I can. I'm going to use three guys. I'm going to use Charlie and John and Bob. And let's say that I was going on a trip for a few months. And, and so I told them, I said, listen, I'm going on a trip. And I'm going to give you guys $10,000 a month. Okay, this, Bob, this is just a story, okay? <laughs> Stacy, it's just a story, okay? But what I want you to do is that I want you to help take care of my wife. So I'm giving you $10,000, each of the three of you, and then you give $1,000 to Kim once a month to take care of her needs. And I'll be back in a few months. And so I call Kim and just see how she's doing. And, and then I say, well, how's it going with these three guys? I said, how's Charlie doing? And she says, man, Charlie is great. The first of the month, that $1,000 is right in the mail. January 1st, February 1st, March 1st, it's right there. I said, well, how's John doing? He said, oh, John is doing even greater. He gives me $2,000. I said, well, why is he giving you $2,000? She goes, I don't know. I said, I just told him to give you a, a $1,000, but he's giving $2,000 a month. And I said, well, what about Bob? Sounds like a movie. She goes, well, we need to talk about Bob. The first month, he only gave $700. The next month, he only gave $400. And this month, I haven't gotten anything. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't given you $1,000? No. How do you think that's going to make me feel about 
how they're treating my wife. And remember that Christ has a bride, and that's his church, and that's his church. And he wants us to be obedient to his church and to give, that the needs might be taken care of, that the needs of the bride might be taken care of. Like I said, this message isn't to condemn. Hopefully it's to encourage you that if you've never tithed, that you would try it. It is hard. It really is hard. But there's great joy in tithing. There's great blessing that comes in tithing. I have been blessed beyond what I deserve. Even today, somebody blessed me. And I don't deserve it. I really don't. But God has been faithful to me. He's been faithful to my family. Has been faithful because we have tried to be faithful. It's not always easy. And we shouldn't do it from a heart that when we pull out our money, that somebody comes along and I... The Bible says, give joyfully unto God. And that is a struggle because I know at times I could say I, I, I could use that money some other way, but God will bless. It's not that he's going to make you rich, but he will bless. He will bless. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just help us. Father, to understand that you have asked us to give, that you have asked us to give of the sweat of our brow a tenth. Father, you have asked us to worship you in our giving. And when we do, Father, we are being obedient. We're meeting the needs of the church. And Father, you will bless us. I know in my life, God, it's not always come back in money, but you have blessed me with a wonderful wife. Two great kids, a nice home. I'll be able to eat lunch this afternoon, dinner tonight. Father, you have blessed me that you have given unto me. I pray that you would help us as a family to understand, to give, to love, to worship. Father, help us. Help us. As every head remains bowed. This morning you hear, I, I didn't preach on salvation. I didn't preach on you committing your heart to the Lord. But this morning if you're here and you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, I know that if you've never done that, he has spoken to you during this message, even though it wasn't a message about that. That's the way God works. And you're here this morning, and, and you know that you need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. In just a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to come down and pray with our prayer teams. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to step out and come down to the front that you would pray. This morning, if you have needs, if you have needs, these that are down here want to pray with you, want to encourage you, want to strengthen you. If you need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, come down and just tell them, I want to ask Jesus Christ into my heart. 
If it's for a physical need, just come down and say, this is what I'm going through. Will you pray with me? And pray about giving unto God. If you've not done it, test God and see what he will do.